Welcome back to Food for Thought, the podcast that talks about anything and everything as it relates to health. It's hard to believe that we're already at the end of season five. Time really does fly when you're having fun, I guess. So here we are in the cusp of the most wonderful time of the year, or so the carols and TV commercials would have you believe. But for many people, it can also be an extremely stressful time. We recently hosted a financial wellness briefing with CISIP to talk about how we can all benefit from looking at our finances differently, because for a lot of people, even in years when inflation isn't at record levels, it can be hard to feel like you can keep up with the Joneses. Though the message from the presenter was that we should worry less about the Joneses and more about spending within our means. For a lot of other people, the holidays are stressful because the focus shifts to food, food, and more food, with lots of potential access to drinking as well, and it can be hard to always feel like you either have to say no because you don't want to or choose not to participate, or because you don't want to do all that indulging. Hi everyone, I'm Carissa McKay, one of the health promotion specialists in Edmonton, and joining me today is my partner in crime, Nicole Emerson, and we're going to tackle trying to survive the holidays, staying on track with wellness. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, Carissa. Happy to be back. It's definitely a challenging time when there is pressure to participate and have fun and enjoy all these treats, but it can make trying to eat well and avoid the excess even more difficult. I would add that when you factor in the stresses and pressures that everyone is under, it can be hard to avoid caving and in some cases completely foregoing all the systems you've worked so hard to build because it all just feels like it's a bit too much. Totally. And while we don't want people to think that this is a really downer conversation, the reality is that there remains this pressure to eat well or healthy or however you define that and keep up with your workout schedule while having your house look fabulous and your Christmas cards mailed out, if that's what you do. I gave up on that years ago personally. And choose foods that are going to keep you feeling great without feeling like you have to deprive yourself, but you still want to look good in that special outfit. So where to begin? Well, I think that a really good place to start is to decide for yourself what you want to prioritize, what is important to you and where you are prepared to be a little more relaxed or maybe more accurately flexible. I like the sound of that. That sounds really intriguing. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I'm thinking of things like the pressure to keep up with whatever your workout routine is normally. If you are a person who does their unit PT and maybe the odd additional workout or recreational activity, but you're home for the holidays, as in not in the place you normally reside, maybe it's time to think outside the workout box. Can you go skating, cross-country skiing, or snowshoeing? Do you have kids, either your own or maybe nieces and nephews that you can go tobogganing with? What outdoor activities do you enjoy that will keep you active, even if it isn't the same level of intensity that your regular workout would be? It's also a great opportunity to do things that you might not be able to normally do. As an example, the pool at the gym has been closed for quite some time. So if you find yourself somewhere where there is a pool, it's a great time to check out maybe an aquafit class or find out when they might be having a lane swim. You can get a punch card so you don't have to commit. And if you live in Edmonton and are a member of your community league, you can actually go to the community swim once a week for free if you show your membership card. So it's even economical. I love all those ideas so much. In the olden days, when people had jobs that were much more physical and we didn't have to artificially build an activity because there just weren't all these sedentary activities that are now just sucking up all our free time, it was easier to feel like you could just be active by virtue of whatever it is that you were doing. And it's a bit more of a conscious effort now. But when you're participating in those fun outdoor things that you described, it's such a great way to get outside, get some fresh air, maybe away from your family if they're starting to get on your nerves. And when we do choose to head outdoors, there's so much evidence to show how positive that is for our mental well-being 
being. And besides, it's also just a great way to be in nature and get away from those screens and TikTok or whatever. Exactly. The very things that make people think that they have to maintain or attain that beach-ready body. It's crazy to think about the mixed messages that people are getting. Do this. Don't eat that. Look this way and you'll be happy. All the noise is what in many ways adds to the stress and anxiety of not just this time of year, but all year. Pressures to look, be, live a certain way, and it all just accumulates now when there is that added pressure of getting the perfect gift and having that perfect family Christmas card. I wish that we could send out all the blooper cards and say, you know what, this is my real life with my family and we are often a hot mess. I think we all love our families the way they are, more or less, and we are trying so hard to create the image that doesn't really exist. A picture of us snuggled on the couch in non-matching pajamas watching the Grinch or in the kitchen covered in flour making gingerbread would be way more relaxed, be fun, an authentic image that I think that people would actually appreciate. We know that the social media feeds are literally feeding into the steady stream of unattainable everything's and yet we keep clicking and scrolling and buying into it. I think it would be awesome if I got Christmas cards that looked a little bit more like that and less like the completely choreographed rehearsed photos. So when we think about the question though, how do we turn off that noise? What do we do so that we can live those authentic lives when there is so much stress and uncertainty and now financial pressure? How do we stay well over the holidays in a way that is good for both our physical and mental health? as well as in ways that doesn't leave us choking on all the post-holiday bills in the new year. I think it comes back to what I said earlier, when we consider what your priorities are, what matters to you, what do you want to focus on? How important is that workout as compared to sleeping in and going for a long walk with or without your dog or your partner and just enjoying the outdoors in the snow, if you are somewhere where there is snow, or the gorgeous greenery if you are somewhere more temperate? What have you learned in terms of creating systems that have kept you on track over the rest of the year that can be applied to these two or three weeks that will keep you feeling good about yourself and not as though you are self-sabotaging or depriving yourself? I absolutely agree, Nicole, but I think it's also hard to get there sometimes. There are days when I get home that I just absolutely feel like crashing and it's only Monday. I'm so looking forward to the break and even though I know what I should do, Sometimes that downtime makes it so that it seems almost unattainable in terms of being able to rest or relax or, you know, unwind or whatever. When I'm on leave, I have more time to make nice family meals, but is that what I want to be doing on my days off? That need for a break can sometimes outweigh the need to do the right thing. So in terms of ways that we can find that magic middle of the road, I think this is something that a lot of people are struggling with. Because let's face it, the reality is that even I, who like to cook, sometimes just don't feel like cooking. When my husband and I meal plan, invariably, one of his suggestions is wild card, which is really just code for getting takeout. So when we're looking at the cost of groceries and the sometimes super tedious process that meal planning can be, I was thinking that this might be a time that something like HelloFresh or the Good Food Box or the Chef's Plate or something like that might actually be a good fill-in or substitute for wild card. It'll reduce food waste 
with the exception of the packaging that actually hurts my heart a little. But those programs often introduce new recipes that, in my case, have actually ended up becoming staples on the rotation later on. And it also, in the moment, reduces meal planning to just clicking interesting options from the websites. And most of them are pretty good in terms of vegetables. So you're getting a balanced meal, which dollar for dollar might not be cheaper than buying all of the groceries that you might need, but it's certainly cheaper than eating out or getting takeout. I hadn't actually thought of it like that. It's a great idea and I love the idea of trying new recipes because that is one of the challenges, thinking about what to cook, not getting stuck in the rut of the same old things and knowing that you are getting exactly what you need so the costs do sort of balance themselves out. And I know that I am forever getting ads and offers for all of these in my email and regular mail. So you can probably take advantage of the special deals when you start with any of them. But remember to read the fine print. You don't want to end up in some contract or something. So it's important to be a critical thinker and a mindful consumer. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One, we don't want to steer people down the garden path and end up having them go off a cliff. So please read the fine print and make sure you know what you are signing up for. And two, being a mindful consumer, which has many parts, and I think I'll break it down a bit. So let me start with this. When you are being mindful, it means that you are taking the time to really look at and consider what is going on. How busy are you? How many commitments or obligations do you have in terms of parties, get-togethers, other functions? Would it make sense financially from a time management perspective to make the choice to, as you talked about, go with a meal delivery kit service? But being mindful also speaks to the idea of what is important to you right now. Do you need this time to recharge, to take a break from the regular routines, to just sort of shut down? And if the answer is yes, what is that going to look like? Because we know how easy it is to get stuck in bad habits and how hard it is to get back on the wagon, so to speak. It would be foolish to throw out the baby with the proverbial bathwater. If, as I mentioned, you chose to go to the pool in the neighborhood or close by and you could do that instead of the usual workout, then that in and of itself is a new system, a new plan for how you can stay on track, so to speak. If, though, you just plop yourself in the easy chair with the remote and whatever boxes of treats might have found their way into the house, well, that's pretty much, you know, maybe just giving up. There is a happy medium. I couldn't agree more, Nicole, and I think that this is exactly what I was hoping we would be able to get to, that it isn't an either or. It can be a yes and situation. Yes, I'm going to take a break from the usual early morning workout, and I'm going to go to Lane Swim in the afternoon or for a walk with the dogs. Yes, I am going to enjoy some of the seasonal treats, and I'm going to make sure there are lots of veggies and fruit around so that I can balance that all out. For sure, and staying away from those extreme opposite ends of the eating and activity spectrums means that you are still honoring the effort that you have made to create and maintain those systems, but that you have found a way to be flexible in that. It's not about constantly making these sacrifices for some nebulous goal inspired by reality TV or whatever, and then throwing caution to the wind and letting it all go for a couple of weeks. It doesn't have to be this black and white. 
100%. I find it sometimes hard to get on board with some of the food-related suggestions that we hear a lot at this time of year. And it's not that these tips are wrong per se, but that they often seem to forget that we all need to have delicious food sometimes that isn't maybe as good or healthy for us, but meets another need. Whether that's nostalgia or celebration, or because honestly, it's just freaking delicious. And I feel it leads to a sort of hyper-focus on trying to control people's food or intake. A classic example of this is if a person's going to a buffet or an open house type event where there are canapes and hors d'oeuvres and drinks all laid out in a seemingly endless expanse, the first thing that is suggested is don't go on an empty stomach. And here I would 100% agree. It's like making sure you don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Like the commercial says, you aren't yourself when you're hungry and you're not going to make good decisions. If you are ravenous and there's a feast laid out before you, it's going to be hard to not overdo it. So absolutely, have something to eat before you go to the party or open house or dinner or whatever it is. A bowl of cereal, a sandwich, a smoothie if you're into those. Something that you can feel good about having eaten. It hits a couple of the balanced plate pieces, some carbs, some protein, maybe some fruit or veg, depending on what's on your sandwich or in your smoothie. Great. But then the next tip invariably is... Fill your plate with veggies and low-fat dip or hummus and avoid the crackers and cheese or sweets and pastries, etc. Okay, so I love veggies and dip and hummus as much as the next health promoter, but I can literally eat that every other day of the year. If I'm going to be at a festive function, I'm going to have the stuff that I might only be having once or twice a year. Right? Fortunately, at these types of events, the plates are usually pretty small. So it's hard to get too carried away, though I have seen some people who have an uncanny ability of balancing an astounding amount of food on the smallest surface. But yes, choose the things you like and are special occasion things, and then just go stand somewhere else. And I find it so funny because there are invariably the people that hover around the table just picking this and that. And that's where things can can go sideways because you lose track of what you are consuming. If you finish your plate and put it in the dishpan or the tray of dirty dishes or whatever, and then mix and mingle or sip your drink, which can be a sparkling water and fruit juice or a mocktail, it doesn't have to be the Christmas punch or the rum and eggnog, you will find that you're not going to be thinking about food because you're likely not hungry. But if you still feel snackish and you go and get another small plate of something different or more of your favorites, it's not the end of the world. That's the thing though. If people go through their lives with that feast or famine mentality, it's hard to find that middle ground. Sacrifice, 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 and then boom, the sky's the limit. It's a recipe not necessarily for disaster, but certainly for disappointment and guilt and all the other emotions that often come with feeling like you've lost control. If we were able to find that middle ground more often, and I really mean all year, then maybe these year-end or other special occasion events would just be one of the other things that happens. No big deal. I'll enjoy myself, but I know that if I want to have that cocktail sausage or eight-layer dip or whatever at any other time of the year, it would be easier to say, I'm good, thank you. Or if there is something that you really, really love, you can still say, I'd love to. These are delicious. Maybe I'll have one more. Either is good. It's about sort of going with the flow, deciding in the moment what you really want, what you can say no to, and when it's okay to change your mind. All without guilt or feeling like you now have to go home and run on the treadmill for an hour as punishment or to make up for those calories. It's in deciding where the stopping point is that is hard. And the other pet peeve that I have that this reminded me of is the recipes that are supposed to healthify these special occasion foods. I know that you would never make or eat a whole wheat chocolate cake, Carissa. And I guess the question is, why would you want to? If you're going to have chocolate cake, eat it. 
enjoy it and move on. The same can be said of many other foods. Is subbing out sour cream with Greek yogurt better? I guess it might have less fat, depending on what type of Greek yogurt you choose, and it could have more protein. But at the end of the day, if it's something that you would only eat a little of once in a while, why not just enjoy the real deal? Because if you think that it's lower in fat or higher in protein, what often ends up happening is you eat more of it because you are thinking it's better for you. So you're not really any further ahead. Not that we want people to think that it's all about the calories and that you need to be counting them, but it's about finding that middle ground again. If the other 50 weeks of the year you are choosing a balanced plate and including things that you really love, but that don't necessarily fit the definition of healthy, and you are staying active consistently throughout the year, even if what you are doing looks different from time to time, you are going to be way better off than swinging wildly from one side of the so-called pendulum to the other. Balance is key, more so than moderation, because that can be more difficult to imagine. So what I'm hoping that people are hearing is that the way to stay on track during the holidays when it comes to eating and activity is to have a solid plan throughout the year. Have those systems in place that lead you to making the healthy decisions almost without thinking. All those little steps, whether it's putting your gym clothes on right away or having your gym bag packed and ready or planning for leftovers so that making your lunch is easier and having your fridge and pantry stocked with things that make last minute meals easier and avoid the need for those wildcard days. That's how you build success. It's not one day or one week that will either make or break things. It's what you do consistently and how well you can plan be it, how flexible you can be both in the need to adhere to something and in being able to come up with an alternative when things invariably get thrown in the way. That's how you survive the holidays. You find a way to dial some things back so that you can get the R&R that we all need while making sure that the habits that you have created over the year stay activated, but maybe just in slightly different ways. Nicole, what would you like to leave our listeners with as we wind up season five? I think that I would like to reiterate that we need to train smarter and not harder, and that that philosophy applies to more than just working out. We need to realize that we don't have to be perfect all the time, and in fact, trying to be perfect at all often just sets us up for failure. Let's let go of the idea that there are good and bad foods and that you have to work to and then through the pain. Let's be a bit more forgiving of ourselves and the fact that we all have stuff we are dealing with that impact our choices and that until we sort it out will affect how successful we can be. It's a long process. It's really a lifetime process. And so the choices we make need to be sustainable in the long run and allow us to still have fun and enjoy life. We can be there to support and cheer on and encourage each other. I think we all deserve to live a well-balanced life and we need support and encouragement so that we can continue to make progress and get closer to living like we are on the other side of the finish line to pull a thread from a previous season. Nicole, it's been so much fun as usual. I love those closing thoughts and I'm so grateful to have been able to do this season of Food for Thought with you and all our other contributors and special guests. What I hope that our listeners take away from this is that we have one ride on this planet. We have one chance to live our best lives and be our best selves. We absolutely need to eat well and be as active as we can and to try to challenge ourselves with goals that keep us excited and motivated. But there is so much more to life than the gym or working out and obsessing over what we are eating. 
Be as active as you can doing things you love. Eat as well as you can, but be sure to choose things that are delicious as well. Thanks to everyone on both sides of the microphone for making Food for Thought a possibility and for helping to get what I think are some really important messages out to the people. Thank you to all of our listeners who inspire us to keep doing what we do. Looking forward to figuring out where we go from here. So in the meantime, take care, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the flip-flop.